Welcome, welcome. It's Around the ACL with me, Michelle Thompson, and I'm joined by Anthony Ione and Trey Ryder. And we had an exciting weekend of Cornhole in Kentucky, and we've got our first national coming up, so a lot to talk about. Um, how how was your guys' weekend? How'd you enjoy the Cornhole? What do you think, Trey? It was uh, it was good. It was it was weird not having kind of the open schedule on Friday, so I didn't really have much going on Friday. But yeah. then Saturday, Saturday was cornhole, pretty much watching it all day, and then uh, you know Sunday balancing. You know, I had my laptop sitting in front of me watching cornhole on ACL yeah. Cornhole TV, and then I had football on the background. It was just Same. like it was just a paradise of of sporting. So uh, it I, I had, it was a good time. Good, you get to watch some too, Anthony. Yeah, my kids are big into sports on the weekend. So we had volleyball, doubleheader, basketball, same thing, Trey, like, you know, in between games or, you know, timeouts. <laughs> I got I got the phone kind of right there peeking at games. So I was back and yeah. forth between everything. So, yeah, I got it in. The it's worst is when you do that. I've done that so many times. And then it's like – and then you watch a game. You're like, that was a good one. And then you see, like, the score zone pop up in the corner. And it's like next up is, like, Matt Guy and Cheyenne Renner. And you're like, oh, Damn it! I have to watch this game now too. Like I can't, I can't put the phone away. You're hoping it's like nobody that you know versus nobody that you know. Yeah, and you're like, like okay, eh. I can, I can, I can tune away for a second. But no, uh, yeah, know the, know the pain. Exactly. Um, and I did. It was weird on Friday. I, I still looked for it, and then it took me a while to figure out. Oh yeah, there isn't anything on Friday <laughs> in my normal routine. Um, but let's talk about the winners in uh, doubles. We had Jamie Graham and Jordan Power. Jordan Power finally broke the streak. Uh, Trey Birchfield and Stephen Bernasette in second. Matthew Creek Killer in third. Do we have his partner? Oh, sorry, track? Jacob Foreman. Jacob Foreman. Jacob Foreman. Okay. And like, I know he didn't ghost it. <laughs> I don't yeah. think he did that. Opens. <laughs> and then uh, Mark Richards and Philip Lopez. For singles, we had Mark Richards, Matt Guy in second again <laughs> and then third eric davis and also matthew creek killer so a lot we seeing a lot of the same names there in doubles and singles what are your general thoughts there trey man year of the rookies it, it's starting to feel like or at least the open series is, is lining up like that really really impressed by two people in particular one that i had my eye on and had expectations for and one that i really didn't uh, one being uh, Matthew Creek killer. I've identified him. We've been looking at the PPR stats. We've been talking about those stats and saying, okay. And I even remember saying to myself, if all of the hype is correct, then this team should succeed. This team should be a top five guaranteed. And they did. They finished top five. Now Creek killer himself kind of lead the leader of that team. He showed up. He lived up to expectations and, and I know we'll talk about singles in a second and doubles specifically, but was just really impressed by him. And then, of course, Mark Richards. He was the one. He was, to me, the Alan Rawls of this event, where it was I didn't really expect him to be that great. I mean, I knew he was good, but I didn't know he was that good. Um, and so what I saw from him was playing his best when it mattered most. He wasn't perfect by any means, but when he needed to be perfect, he was. So really excited to see how all of those rookies performed. We'll talk a little bit more about Matt Guy. We'll talk about some of these others, Jordan Power getting off second place. But for me, I think Cree Killer and, and, and Richards were the ones that kind of headlined the weekend for me. 
Me too. I just kept turning. Like if I came off the app and came back on, I'm like, there they are again. It was just their yeah. names constantly. Like what's going on? What and about and you? One thing I was going to say, oh, sorry, one thing that uh, Anthony, Anthony will love this that I'm just mesmerized by. And, and I could only tell this based on kind of the camera angles we have now at the live streams. I am shocked how effective that Creek Killer B was Creek Killer can be with such a low bag trajectory. Yeah. His bag is so low. I mean, there are times I'm like, that's gonna that's hitting short. It's hitting short. Same. It's hitting short. And I thought he, and, the exact I, same thing. And I'm I'm like, he only I only think I saw him throw one, maybe two bags short the entire time. So that shows me amazing control to be able to hit that that front part of the board. So sorry to cut you off, Anthony. I just knew you'd appreciate that tidbit. No, yeah, definitely. Yeah, general thoughts. I mean, I'd kind of like to reflect on our episode from last week where the theme was open number seven, the last chance, kind of getting ready for that Nationals number one. Trey and I both had a watchful eye. You already said it, Creek Killer and Foreman. Uh, no need to go into more detail there. Great run for those guys. We said last week, watch out for the 2021 singles champs, Birchfield and Burnisette. They pulled it together in doubles. Uh, they had a run to the finals. Um, we were concerned about bag choice. Why? I mean, Birch is proving that he can throw whatever bag you put in his hand at an elite level. He's ready for nationals, number one. I blew it on the deep run call of Windsor Herrera. I was really expecting more out of those guys. Um, but Herrera, uh, Windsor did show up in singles, Mr. Consistency. He's ready for nationals, number one. Uh, Graham and Jordan coming through on my hot take uh, from last week, taking down the ship. Um, they're going to be returning. Uh, so Graham will be returning to his partner, Matt Guy. Jordan will be returning to his committed partner, Ruben, for that Nationals number one. Uh, two incredibly strong teams ready for the broadcast level runs at the Nationals. Philip Lopez and Mark Richards. You already kind of mentioned Richards already. To me, they're beyond on the radar and now in the discussion of elite level doubles and singles discussion. So really impressed with both of those guys. And Trey, you called it. I think it was like maybe our first episode or a second episode. You said, watch out for Mark Richards. He's going to make some noise. And man, has he, right? Spot on on that call. Talked a little bit about Derek King and his grind back to the 2020 King. Solid run in singles. Really impressed with him. Taking fourth in his bracket. And losing that fourth place match, 21-19. So a really tight finish for him. And my final thought, Mish, Matt Guy killing it. He couldn't be more primed for a national number one, cleaned run through the entire singles field, making a finals appearance and losing, taking second place. He's ready for it. Yeah, again, <laughs> again and again. Going in the singles, um, I don't I think it wasn't one we could watch. Was it the, the Harbaugh Matt Guy match? Wasn't that off yeah. the side? Okay. Oh, yeah. So we only heard about it. And man, I wish we could have seen it. Um, but some amazing things happening in singles. So what, what do you think about what happened in singles, Trey? Yeah, high 30s in the round totals. And Harbaugh finished with a 10-8-7 PPR. But if you look at the wow. last round, he threw a – it was one of those rounds where you could tell he missed the first bag and then he spent the rest of the time trying to go after it because he finished with, mm -hmm. I think, either a 1 or a 2 on the last round. If you took that away – he had the Trey Birchfield syndrome that we saw earlier. He would have finished that game with a plus 11.0 PPR and losing the game to Matt Guy. So Harbaugh is a player that was obviously on my radar. I mean, to say Harbaugh is not on your radar would be kind of dumb, but he crept up there for me and reassured this gut feeling of what I've saw over the past couple of weeks of Harbaugh 
Harbaugh has the ability to win one of these now. It's not so much can he contend, can he win? And I'll say this much. If Harbaugh plays Matt Guy in the finals, Harbaugh wins. Uh, you know, and that's that's because the performance that we saw from Matt Guy in the finals was not as up to par as what we saw in some of the other matches. Now, again, I don't think that's necessarily room to panic. Um, everybody is going to throw around the curse. I, I, I still won't buy into it yet. I just can't yeah. do it. I can't. If you can consistently make the finals in four straight events, I just can't say that it's anything other, especially when Richards, and you said this on Twitter, Anthony, Richards went so above and beyond his game that he had done all day long that it it was he just played unbelievable when it mattered most. So if there is any yeah. curse, the curse is that he gives his opponents motivation to beat him in the finals, not necessarily that he's cursed that he he, he doesn't throw well when it comes to that right. final game. Yeah, I agree. It seems like, you know, if you're going up against Matt Guy, your mindset is I have to play out of my mind. Like I have to play right. the best I've ever played in my life. And it seems like they live up to it. Poor Matt yep. Guy. Uh, singles thoughts, Anthony. Yeah, good call on the hardball comment. Primed to win a national. I'm excited to see what he does. But yeah, this this singles tournament was packed. We had another eight bracket set up to get through the singles. Uh, five of the eight coming out as winners in those brackets. Absolutely no surprise. Four of those were in my top 10, your top 10. Uh, one of them right outside the top 10. We're talking Trey Birchfield, Eric Davis, Matt Guy, Devin Harbaugh, Ryan Windsor. No surprise there. But the other three that cleared out their bracket and ended up in that final eight playoff, David Morse. Matthew Creek Killer and Mark Richards. I mean, David Morris wins his bracket D with a very respectable 987, but really getting it done with his DPR. He throws an 86, and that's extremely high DPR for an entire tournament. I want to mention that. And that was actually higher than the highest in the pro division last season. Damon Dennis threw a 0.8. So you're beating that now. And to be honest, I got to be honest here about Morris. I'm watching his committed pro partner killing it. In the pros, yeah. Noel Almanza absolutely killing it. And I'm thinking, damn, Almanza is going to have to backpack his partner through the pro season, right? I was really yeah. concerned about him. <laughs> he finished 67th in singles last season, 49th in doubles, but not anymore. I mean, such a strong run through singles. I think he's going to contribute to his side of the partnership uh, moving on to the pro division. Creek Killer, um, you know, one of those baggers at a KCC Nation, they've been saying, watch out for this dude. Well, they proved KCC Nation right, not only winning his bracket, but getting Trey Burchfield in the first round of the playoffs. I said it last week. What makes Creek Killer so special is, yes, he has an elite-level dirty game, but he's capable of pairing that with 10-plus PPRs. So we're talking a good cleanup game. Not necessarily I can block, but I have an offensive approach to come behind that block game. Uh, really impressed with that guy. And then finally, we've got the champ, right? Mark Richards also knocked down in his bracket. With baffling statistics, 10-plus PPRs and 1-plus uh, DPRs. Anytime you put those two together, it's really difficult to lose. Um, in the playoffs, he takes down my MVP pick, Ryan Windsor. Trey Mish, he takes down your MVP pick, Matt Guy. Finishing off the finals uh, against Guy with an 11.22 PPR. And Mish, of course, like we mentioned last week, the best performance of the tournament. You already said that, Trey. So Matt Guy, once again, bringing out the best of his opponents with a tournament high 11-2-2 from Richards in the finals. Yeah, and, you know, I spoke to Dave Morris last week, actually, for, like, almost two hours. We just 
chatting and he was taught i was asking about that and he said that he's being really inspired by noah as his partner and it's making him practice more and take this like really serious because well he I, he got sick last season he said too so i, I wasn't actually surprised because i had just talked to him i was like oh he's gonna kill it this this weekend just based on our conversation and, and he did nice. let's talk about doubles yeah yeah and and one thing to piggyback off that is i think this is the first time that dave morse has been not the, you know, I, I would say maybe not the alpha in the, in the partnership. Right. I mean, he was with Dave Sutton last year and they just, it, it wasn't like one was more than the other. They just yeah. seemed very equal. Right. I think because Almanza is, is in that spot, it's almost being in more of a supportive role has given him more confidence to be better. Uh, so, so that's just something to watch out for on the double side. Yeah. I mean, Jordan power elite, uh, you know, someone that I'm, I'm just excited to see him and Ruben play this season together because I, I have them for my team of the year. I think you're honestly just going to be a, a big, big force to be reckoned with. Uh, other things on the doubles, Trey Birchfield, again, uh, another, uh, another top four finish in doubles. He, he, he's, he's putting his case out there, rivaling what Eric Davis did last year. And Eric Davis, won four straight events last year in, in, in the double side of things. So he was unbelievable. But Trey Birchfield at least coming close. And you can argue with the increase of talent that we're seeing this year at the Opens. You can make the case that's even almost more impressive what Birchfield is doing right now. So a lot of a lot of top top level players, you know, making deep runs. I thought um, you know, it's just gonna be interesting to see how these how these teams play out. Really puzzling what I saw from Brett Guy this weekend. I saw some things out on social media telling me he may have been sick. Um, yeah. he wasn't, but at the same time, I hope that was the case, right? I hope he this said, was he said he had food poisoning and he felt really weak. So I mean I, yeah, I, I got don't him on the side and he confirmed that. I I, I know. I'm not saying it didn't happen. I'm just saying, all I'm saying is, right, it's it's one of those things where, you know, some play, Michael Jordan has the flu and has one of his most iconic games of all time. Yeah. There are going to be times when, when people face fired. There are times when people are going to face adversity. All I'm saying, all I'm saying is, I, I, I motivated Brett Guy last week because going through rounders, he sent me a screenshot of his PPR and he said, look how unbelievable I'm doing. Thanks for the motivation. I said, you're welcome. So I'm like, okay, Brett guy's back. Literally yeah. that same day, he follows it up with an abysmal performance. So I, I, I'm just, I, again, I'm still cautious about Brett guys. All I'm saying, sure. I'm still a little bit worried, not ready to hit a panic button. Just <laughs> watch out. For sure. Watch out. Anthony, some doubles feedback. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So doubles, let's, let's walk through this with the good, the bad and the ugly. So uh -oh. the good. Yeah, <laughs> the good. Jamie Graham and Jordan Power. They go five and one in rounders and their one loss. I mean, it was a high PPR match. Came down to the end, 1921. Come out of rounders with, again, we talk about 10 plus PPRs and a one plus DPR. You pair those together, you're going to have a great tournament. In bracket play, we see Graham and Powers, why they're so special. So at an elite level, there are moments that baggers are faced with that really separate the elite from the rest of the field. These moments are where big shots are the difference between winning and losing or moments where you're big down in a match. And it really takes all of your focus, all of your grit to work your way back out of a hole to a victory. 
You know, do you have the mental fortitude to manage that pressure and perform at the best without buckling? Do you have the focus uh, to quiet that noise and really narrow your version? Many vision, many do not. And those are the guys that will never break top 25. Graham and Power do. Check this out. To take the right half of their bracket, they run into Lopez and Richards. Eight rounds into that match, they find themselves down 13-2. They grind out washes, points here and there. They battle back and win that. Now, with Graham and Power sitting on the hill, who comes out of the elimination bracket? Lopez and Richards again. So they got to face them again. In game one of that bracket final, Lopez and Richards absolutely roll them. And they, they score in the last 15 points of that first double dip. They come out in the second match of the double dip and score nine straight. So now they've, they've scored 24 straight points at this time. Graham's power haven't scored in nine rounds, but what do they do to win that bracket? They knuckle up and they grind back. They go on a 21-2 run to take down bracket A. Graham power, to me, have the grit and the mental fortitude to be at the top of the pro division. Really impressive to see what those guys did. The bad, Derek Singleton and Jeremy Shermerhorn. They go three and three in rounders with a hundred and third seed coming out of rounders. Miss that cutoff for the tier one doubles. Their only wins in rounders were to teams finishing over a hundred in the seeds. Singleton throws a minus four two DPR. Both of them throwing around that eight and a half mark. Now mid eights is okay and effective at a tier one level, but you have to have a stable defense and also a strong offense to counter so that your DPRs are high. So what I'm saying is, is blocking is half the battle, but what are you going to do offensively to back up that block? And that's what makes Eric Davis so effective. He comes out of rounders with a similar eight and a half deep, uh, PPR, but a 1.59 PPR. And that's how he goes on to win brackets. Um, Did you say a minus four, two? A minus 0.42, my bad. Oh my goodness gracious. Yeah. I was about to lose my mind. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. Go ahead. No, yeah. Good catch. Now in bracket play, it just continues. So they're in a tier one group, right? They lose in the finals with floor PPRs of seven, six, three and seven, three, eight. They each throw together. They throw 16 rounds, not a single four bagger. And they lose to a team who throws a seven, eight, eight in the bracket final to win. So uh, my concern is, is we're, you know, we're talking about a 33rd ranked pro t doubles team last year or 2020. They fall to a 50 ranked team in 2021. What does 2022 look for these guys? I mean, I feel like with all of the talent rushing in, you know, does the game just pass them by as a doubles team? So they really need to fix that and kind of get it together. The ugly uh, last last thing here, Mish, the ugly. So going to the most entertaining team, in my opinion, I if there's any opportunity to, to catch a live match of Hisner and Henderson, I'm going to catch it. Love watching these guys. They go three and three out of rounders. They take the 74th seed, squeaking into the tier one doubles, barely make it in. Now, granted, two of their losses were to a Harbaugh Fuentes in Guy Nation. And really, when we're looking at their stats for a Cody and a Henderson, we want to look at their DPRs, right? Because... That's where they excel. They're not really too concerned with PPRs. Cody floored in a loss with a minus 1.56 DPR. He threw an 811 PPR. Um, then Cody showed his old and then ceilings with a 1033. So he just kind of had this up and down day all day. Overall, he throws a minus 73, um, minus 0.73 in rounders. The last time Cody threw a minus DPR in rounders, I mean, I don't know when that is. I'm not sure that's ever happened. Uh, Hisner a little bit more stable up and down, but 
on the bracket play, it just continued. They just kind of had this up and down thing. They would have a 10 PPR followed by a seven PPR. Um, they both had a match where they were minus one. So yeah, I mean, both of these guys are going to agree. It was ugly. Can they get it kind of fixed and repaired before nationals? Number one is to be determined. I hope they do. I mean, I'm big fans of watching them play on the broadcast. It's some of the best entertaining cornhole there. So we'll see what happens. Mish. They didn't play much. They didn't play much in the open series. So, I mean, I, yeah. they might, I, they'll, they'll get there eventually, but it just may take a national or two. Right. It's a very valid point. All right, let's go ahead and bring Mike Morton onto the show for Morton's Corner, and we can talk some more about these incredible rookies. Welcome, Mike. Hey, guys. Yeah, I just want to throw out there that uh, I, I was there in Louisville this weekend, and and uh, seeing a lot of that action that we've been talking about up close and personal was amazing. Um, the, the theme of the day, Trey hit it. This is going to be the year of the rookies. I know it was either last week or the week before, I, I kind of went on a rant about how great this rookie class was and how deep it was. And I feel like it was just reinforced this weekend. I am absolutely infatuated with this rookie class. Uh, when, I, when we talked last, there had been six opens and seven rookies had won a bracket. That, that's, that's just astounding to, to think that there's been an average of one rookie winning a bracket at each of these opens. And then this weekend, they take two more. Matthew Creek Killer. Phenomenal performance. Just came, oh, just storming through here. And then, of course, Mark Richards. Now, I want to say, um, you know, you mentioned earlier that um, when he played Matt Guy, he played way over his head to beat Matt Guy. To be honest out. with you, he threw a 10 3 8 um, in, in the bracket. So it wasn't like he was way over his head. Now, anytime you throw over an 11, yeah, <laughs> you're smoking. But he threw a 10-3-8 throughout the day. So it's not like he, you know, was, was uh, you know, on absolute fire higher than normal. He was just solid all weekend. Um, Creek killer as well. So anyway, now there's nine rookies that have won a bracket through seven opens. Um, seven different names. It's not like one or two rookies is doing all the damage. Seven different names. You've got Richards. Alex Hicks, Josh Holland, Noah Almanza, Matthew Creek Killer, um, Joe Neistat, and Nico Miralis. I'm sorry. I just read off not people that have won a bracket. Those are people that have averaged over a 10 this weekend in, in singles bracket play. Over a 10. That many rookies. <laughs> That's crazy. How many people averaged over a 10 for the season last year? I, I Off the Two. top of my head, I want to say it was a couple, right? One. Well, yeah, one was a scratch one yeah right right yeah so so seven of them you know have averaged over a 10 in open singles bracket and, and i do need to correct myself i'm looking at my note here that i think that's on the season throughout all of the brackets there's been seven rookies that have averaged over a 10 that wasn't all this weekend but still and, and guess what names we just we did not mention tanner halbert right eric zockline <laughs> yeah alex rawls I mean, come on, guys. The, the the names that aren't on that list are an all-star team. Uh, Berkeley Pear, Austin Schlobaum. Um, th those are all strong front runners. And then you've got some sleepers that, you know, that, that could absolutely destroy people. Johnny Cox, Trey Hunt. Um, I was I did a whole segment on the Connie Altice is, is I believe one of the best up and coming women players. Uh, Jacob Trzinski is a little bit of a sleeper. Mason Morgado out out west. Um, Jareth Nichols, Nate Voyers won a bracket before. Um, Lopez Jr. 
the the counterpart to Mark Richards. I like him the best out of those you just mentioned. The, I like phenomenal, him and 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 yet he's not on a list of anyone that's won a bracket yet or averaged over a ten PPR. And listen, I know PPR is not everything, but it is. It's a it's an indicator, and and when you're trying to find something to pin pin the tail on, PPR is a, a good choice. So you take all those people that are throwing phenomenal PPRs at these opens, not just for one game, but all the way through the open. Then you turn around and look at all the number of different rookies that are winning brackets. And then this third tier of elite players that haven't done either of those things yet, but you know they can and will. And I'm going to say this right here and right now. I love my returning pros. I love every one of you guys. You need to listen. This is your last warning. No more warnings. This rookie class is going to just wipe you all out if you're not if you're not watching out. So yeah, I, I would agree. I would agree. I think it's it's definitely the deepest, and time will tell. It could still be the most talented at the top. I mean, yeah, that guy can only well carry. Be. That guy can only carry so much, right? I mean, if, yep. if if these guys outperform Eric Davis and Brett Guy, I think you have a very strong case that this rookie class is actually not only deeper, but it's overall better. Last year, what Noah Almanza had a second in his bracket again, and I, I forget, but off the top of my head, I think he he had already won a couple and had a second already. So now tack on another second. <laughs> yeah. I mean, come yeah. on, is that consistent or what? And and he's right. not one of the you know, I mean, I know we know who he is and we talk about him a little bit, but when you hear like kind of the buzz on the street, that's not normally the first name that rolls off people's tongues. But you know, you can't deny the finishes. And, yeah, and the biggest difference to too was I was just going to say the biggest difference he, last year is I feel like a lot of the rookies last year we expected them like the names were like oh he's going to do he's he's going to do good he's going to do good this year you just have these rookies coming out of everywhere like whoa who's that guy that just won a bracket yeah. so I think there's <laughs> yeah, more absolutely. of that this year and yeah. I I promise you that I'm leaving names out that I'm I'm probably going to get skewered for. Yeah, there's just there's so many names that can do damage. You know, those are just ones that I'm I'm real confident are going to do damage at some point. And then there's a whole nother list of names that I think can do damage and wouldn't surprise me if they were to sneak up there and grab something. You know, those are players like um, uh, Clayton Robertson, um, Carson Getty, the Ochoas. We haven't talked about the Ochoas, the Foremans, uh, Johnny Cox. Oh my God, my my mind's just blowing up thinking about all these rookies. Yeah, and and all the returning pros. I'm telling you, you you get no more warnings. We're going to Vegas, and um, they're they're going to smack you around if you're not ready. And then to kind of add another level of craziness to that, we could have some of these people coming out of the PDC, rookies and PDC, Absolutely. also surprising us all. So it's like this another right. level of craziness. Yeah. So. Trey, I, I know we're, we're probably running a little bit short on time, but if you could bring those slides up real quick. I just a couple of stats that I, I perused through uh, based on this weekend. So year of the rookies, you know, another rookie win from Mark Richards. Um, doubles rounders, there were three uh, rookies that threw over a 10 PPR this weekend, Richards, Creek Killer, and Halbert. Um, nine total, uh, three of them were rookies. Doubles bracket play, two 10-plus PPRs uh, from rookies, only three overall. So in doubles bracket play, Megan Moppin and Tanner Halbert had over 10 PPR. Singles bracket play, we had another four rookies, Richards, Neistat, Mirrorless, and Creek Killer. And then um, a total of 11 rookies that finished in the top four. 
in their brackets. So um, I, I counted up the number of returning pros that finished in the top four and the number of rookies that finished in the top four. There were 16 returning pros with top four finishes and singles, and there were 11 rookie pros finishing in the top four. Now, I didn't take the time to count the total number of entrants in each category. So, you know, that, that number could be slightly misleading. However, taking down almost half of the top four, top four finishes in a, at an open from the rookie class, that's deep. Oh yeah. For, I mean, then, and even if it is skewed a little bit, you know, the rookies are wanting to get a little bit more experience at these opens. Some, some of the players may not, some of the returning pros may not feel like they necessarily need it. Right. Um, they may have attended just one, but regardless, it's still an overwhelming stat. Yeah. And then, um, you know, when we went through this last time and I said through opens one through six, you know, we had had such strong performances. I left those up there on the left of this slide. Those were the best performances PPR wise in the first six opens from rookies. And then this weekend is, is the performances on the right. So Mark Richards comes in and he throws the best PPR performance of any rookie so far. Um, and then three others up there, Creek Killer, Neistat, and Mirrorless all slide over there onto that list at 10 or higher. And then, you know, Jacob Foreman and, and Eric Zockline in there at strong 9.8s. I mean, just this weekend alone, there's a lot of fantastic performances, let alone what's happened in the first six opens of the year. So, Which is crazy because now if I look at this, if you actually combine them across all seven opens, your top five would be five unique players. It would go Richards, Hicks, Holland, Almanza, Creed Killer. Yep. Five unique. Unique, different players. And, that, and that's what I'm saying. It, it, it's just – it's not a couple of players just dominating. It's deep – so that, it's going to be fun. To, it's going to be fun to watch in Vegas. That, that's for sure. I can't really pick a favorite, a, a, a favorite rookie because they're they're all just so exciting to watch. Well, it certainly wouldn't be surprising. I, I think there's a lot of names that just wouldn't be surprising to take a rookie of the year at this point. Is is what we're right. noticing? It's so got to be wide open. It's got to yeah, be. Yeah. I, I, I know we good. all went out on a limb and we all made our picks. You know, yeah. and, and, and I'll stick. I, I picked Tanner Halbert. I think I'm good with my pick, Mike. What's that? I'm good with my pick. I'm sticking with my pick too. I think I think Tanner Halpert's experience is going to come through eventually for him. You know, these are all just tune-ups for him. He's been on the big stage a few times before. I think he'll he'll settle in as the pro season kicks off and and find his footing. I'm not worried about that, but I still think if you are an odds maker, it's it's almost a pick 'em. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Well, thanks for bringing all those awesome stats and information to us, Mike. We'll have to say goodbye to you for now. And uh, right. move over to our next segment. So thanks so much. See you, Mike. Thanks, Mike. All right. See you next week. Real quick, I just wanted to run through some of our uh, top 10 and our news around the league. Uh, right now, as it stands, we have Jordan Power in first, then Jimmy Humans, Alex Hicks, Tanner Halbert, Storm Hogue, Johnny Cox, Kobe Costanza, Trey Hunt, Alex Rawls, John Fuentes, and Jacob Trezensky. So those are our top 10 as we stand right now. Um, any surprises there for you or anything you want to touch on real quick? Yeah, real quick. It's open standings. So for me, I, I do find it interesting that when you look at those standings, you don't, um, you don't have any, any non pros except for Kobe Costanza in there. And so I just kind of identify him to be a top candidate to be a pro next season. I think everybody kind of saw that coming national college cornhole singles champion. Just excited to see Costanza make his way into this pro division. Yeah. Any quick thoughts, Anthony? 
Yeah, no surprises either. I mean, all of these players here are heavily engaged in open play, so no surprise that they're up there on the list. Um, Trey Hunt coming through for you, for you, Trey, on, on a lot of your takes on Trey Hunt. Good to see him up there, but no surprises. A lot of these are either in a rookie pick or some level of pick to, you know, upset bracket. So, um, yeah. And some of those have an advantage to already have a conference under their belt. So there's some some people that are conferences behind. So that's something to keep in mind as well. But it's a it's a solid top ten at least to start. Yeah, it's gonna move obviously. <clears throat> All right, moving into buy or sell. <laughs> I love this. All right, so now Matt Guy should be panicked about his string of second place finishes, which we kind of <laughs> talked about. But what do you think, Trey? Buy or sell? I think is this the third time we've had this like same line and we just keep like oh, no you you add a few more words to it like yes. now okay now <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. this um, is an okay okay now so yeah I, I'm still I, I'm still gonna sell it I, I I I'll 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 give the same answer I'm gonna sell it as long as he doesn't change anything yeah um if if. If he changes something and, and how he prepares, then yeah, that's an issue. I don't like that. Um, but I don't know. You just, I don't know. If I told you you're going to finish top two five times out of like seven, I mean, or, or, or I have six maybe, would you take it? And you'd be like, uh, yeah. <laughs> so I, I don't know. Complain. I just, I just don't, I don't see any reason to buy. Agreed. Anthony. Yeah, selling as well. And we should mention he does have an open win. He won open one. Yes. Uh, he, he went heads against Jay Rubin in that one. He did get one. Um, but the last four, four in a row, open four, five, six, seven, um, losing them. 10, 8, 7, lost. We're talking PPRs. 10, 8, 3, lost. A 10.43, lost. A 10.56, lost. So we've already been saying it over and over again. He's not slouching. Uh, he's just bringing out the best in his, his opponents. So kind of looking at it overall, he's got a first. Four seconds and a third in all of his open appearances. No panic, but major frustration, I'm sure, on his side. Yeah, that, that would be the thing to watch out for is if that frustration shows in any way. All right, number two, Chicago has now earned the title of toughest regional in the country. Buy or sell? Yeah. This this one's tough. This yeah. one's tough because I think there's three, three legitimate answers, right? You go Louisville. You could go Chicago and you could go Virginia. Um, I am actually going to buy it. Um, I'll give a little shout out to Dave Morse. He's been in my inbox bothering me, just being a little, <laughs> being a little annoying. Um, Dave Morse, Jay Rubin, Stephen Bernasette, Tom Gustafson, Mark Richards, Philip Lopez, Alex Ball, Vince Passioni. And Tom Gorski headlined their their regional on a monthly basis. That is loaded, absolutely loaded. So I don't know. I think you'd be hard pressed to find a, a tougher regional at this time somewhere else. Again, I could go Louisville, I could go Virginia, but I'm going to buy it. What do you think, Anthony? Buy or sell? I'm buying as well. I mean, you heard that list of players he just rattled off and kind of putting it over the top was Morse and his performance this weekend. Lopez, what he's doing this year, really just taking it over the top. I'm going to buy that one as well. <laughs> All right. Last one. Trey Birchfield is the best doubles player in the world. What do you think? Buy or sell? 
I mean, right now I got to buy it, right? There's no reason to, to, to buy. I mean, and maybe that puts some pressure on Alex Rawls. Alex, you better uh, deliver when it comes time to the national. It, the good thing is we t- I talked about technique last – I think it was last week, the week before with Trey Birchfield. I was a little bit worried that I was seeing him being a little bit erratic. He was much smoother this week. He was much smoother this weekend. That gave me a lot of hope um, that, that he's going to be ready for Vegas. Good point. Buy or sell, Anthony? Buy in. Buy in, buy in. Uh, if not Trey, who? Right. Like, who, <laughs> That's who true. I mean, so the last four opens, last four opens, he's been in the finals. He's done it with three different partners, taking second twice with his committed pro partner, uh, Alex Rawls. He took a standout, the standout uh, junior, Jacob Gore, takes it down with that one, all the while doing it with his partner's bags. It's unbelievable how yeah. versatile he is, throwing bags. So, yeah, Birchfield balling out in doubles right now. I'm buying. Fine, bye. All right. Let's move on to our preview kickoff battle. And we're just going to talk about singles. And we're going to talk about some of the brackets. Um, this event is happening February 11th through the 13th. It's our first national at the Mandalay Bay in Las Vegas. So very exciting. Uh, we have our brackets up. You guys heard about them last night. Trey, what do you think about bracket A? Thoughts? Yeah, well, first, it's Vegas. The pro season's here. Vegas, baby. We've been, Vegas. We've, we've been waiting. We've been waiting. Um, down by the days. way, Vegas is exciting for me because it's one of the only times it's a short flight, which I'm excited yes. about. Yes, <laughs> Shout out to you. Yes, it's not a short West flight Coast. for me. Well, even shorter for you, Anthony, right? Yeah, it's real short for me. I think I'm in the air for like an hour and 30, 40 minutes. It's Same, quick. hour and 30. Yeah. Yes. I'll tell you, I have a nice like five-hour flight. So Yeah, awesome. we don't feel bad for you, Trey. We do it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so bracket A. So again, I mean, this is like, you know, play the joke at the draft where everybody kept saying value. Like now we're going to just saying this bracket is loaded. This bracket is stacked because it's the pro division, right? So I'm going to try to stay away from all those kind of buzzwords as much as I can, because it's just, it's, you're not going to go any place that's easy, right? For me, it's, it's, is it winnable? Is it neutral or is it deaf? Right. Those are, those are my, that's my, my, my uh, scale for here. God, which bracket one's the a, death bracket? <laughs> oh, sounds I got to I got I'll show you some, and maybe not a whole bracket, but there are sections are death. Okay. <laughs> yes. okay. So um, bracket a, I got my right side, um, you know, uh, is, is, is a little bit more winnable maybe um, than my left side. I have yep. uh, on your left side, you have Ryan Windsor, Jay Rubin, Damon Dennis, Adam Hisner, Tanner Halbert, and Noah Wooten. That's a, that's a pretty loaded side. On the right side, you do have Jamie Graham. I think that kind of sets up Jamie Graham to make a little bit more of a run. So maybe that right side's a little bit more winnable of a path. When I look at bracket A specifically, I, I'm trying to see what is the path that someone's going to take, right? So Ryan Windsor, your pick, Anthony. He's probably got to go through a Yeti Irwan or a Ron Kugel then maybe a Josh Gross or a Nick Williams, that gives him a little bit of a runway, I like to say, because by no means are those easy wins. But for me, if he's going to win this, he's got a couple games. Now, here's the interesting part that people forget is that it shows him on that bracket having a bye, but he's not going to have a bye. He's going to play against one of the two PDC players that will come through the PDC qualifier. So... If that happens to be Jacob Gore, 
now my now my vision takes a little bit is a little bit different, right? If it's somebody else through the PDC that really gives them a run for the money, that could be something. But either way, Windsor's got a little bit of a runway, whereas someone like a Tanner Halbert, he's got a first round game against Adrian Johnson. He should win that game, but then he's got to probably play No Wooten. Then he's probably got to play either Kenzie Beach or Steven Ochoa or Lester Price. Then he's got to play Ryan Windsor. Yep. Then probably either Jay Rubin or Adam Hisner. So a lot of times when I look through brackets, one thing that people didn't take into mind is what is your runway to the finals look like? Yes, your quadrant could be loaded, but if you have a quadrant of only you know eight people, you only play three of those games. You don't play every single person in that bracket. You really have to look at who plays who and what the path is. So unfortunately, someone like Tanner Halbert, who have as my rookie of the year, is arguably going to have one of the toughest roads to get in there. So those are my initial thoughts on bracket A. I know I took a lot of time there. Sorry, Anthony. Yeah, so uh, I'm going to actually, unless you have something you're dying to say, Anthony, I'm going to switch to bracket B for you, unless there's something that you need to piggyback off what Trey said. No, no, we're good. Trey pretty okay, much covered cool. it. I have Ryan Windsor coming out of bracket A, going through a Tanner Halbert and a Jay Rubin. Ultimately, that side of the bracket's going to win that uh, that bracket. Cool. So bracket B, thoughts, Anthony? Um, To me, the right side of bracket B is packed, heavier in talent. Um, Eric Davis and Stephen Bernicet going to go heads in the first round. That That's unfortunate. Um, I'd like to see them battling out kind of later in the bracket. Uh, but you have those guys going heads. Um, you have an emerging Creek killer and, and an unconscious Devin Harbaugh in the middle section of that right side of the bracket. Um, that's It's going to come down to those two guys. Uh, they both win their brackets at the Open this past weekend. Harbaugh coming off of a doubles win at Open number six. I think he's coming in hot into this national. Um, I see him ultimately winning that quadrant. And then hiding in that bottom quadrant is my rookie of the year, Alex Hicks. I think whoever comes out of the right side of that bracket B is going to take down that bracket. Yeah. To use my scales, I have left side being winnable. All right. So I got my three, my three points. I have my left side being winnable, my right side being just past neutral leaning towards death, but we're not all the way at the death. (laughs) So it's, 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 it definitely got some, some, some tough, uh, tough spots in there. I feel so bad for whoever's in the death one. I'm sorry in advance. (laughs) All right, Trey, let's talk about bracket C. All right, so left side. I have left side of my bracket winnable, okay? I have really, if I look down this entire left side of the whole bracket, Ryan Smith, James Washington, I could maybe throw a Tyler Parent in there, uh, Johnny Cox, Anthony Rule, Derek Holland, Eddie Grindersleeve. Chucky Love, I mean, great players, but we're not talking a top five player, maybe with the exception of Ryan Smith, James Washington, Eddie Grindersleeve at any given time can be there. But for an entire left side to be to that extent winnable, I think that's, uh, you know, I think that's good news for everybody on that side. Right side, I would deem more in the middle of my scale, neutral. I'm not even going to, I'm not even going to say it's absolutely out of this world. You do have Tony Smith. I think he should win that top section of the bracket. If he wins that, that tells me he's ready and prepped for the national. Moving down to the next section, you have Frank Maudlin, Jimmy McGuffin, and Brett Guy. That's going to give 
Jimmy McGuffin slash Brett Guy a very difficult road. So if you look at Brett Guy, first game, P.J. Sorrow, but then second game, he would have to go through Jimmy McGuffin, then likely Frank Maudlin, then likely Tony Smith if he's going to get even into his winner's bracket semifinals. So that's a difficult road to go through in the bottom section. Tom Gustafson, Duncan Clemmer, Tubby Cobb. Dalton McClem, kind of a big question mark in that bottom half. So I think the bottom half – oh, but then we have Mark Richards, who I didn't identify beforehand. But now is is Mark Richards the favorite to come out of that bottom side of the bracket? I mean, it's going to be – I don't know. I think it's going to be really interesting. I think uh, it's it's kind of a wide-open bracket C. I'm not seeing anybody that stands out. If I had to pick one, maybe – Tony Smith, uh, Eddie Grindersleeve, and Ryan Smith also in that conversation. Overall, a, a, a tough bracket. Yeah. Or, or I would say not a tough bracket, more of a neutral neutral bracket that's more wide open. Okay. Yeah. Uh, any yeah, thoughts, say, Anthony, before we Yeah, bracket to, uh, C, very similar to bracket B, where that right side is just more sex. So, so same thing. I'm going to kind of work from the top down on the right side. Tony Smith, a heavy favorite coming out of that top quadrant for me. The next quadrant down, I'm really feeling a healthy Jimmy McGuffin emerging, then running into a Tony Smith. And this is going to be an interesting match in a situation where Jimmy McGuffin should change his game strategy to improve his odds against a Tony Smith. So Jimmy, choose up opponents with a next-level block and then over-the-top airmail game. And for a guy like Tony Smith, I don't think that's going to work. In fact, I think he would prefer you attempting blocks versus his blocks. I like keeping the board clean, letting Tony Smith set that first block. I mean, a good block is so underrated in, in, in difficulty in this game. We don't really give that enough credit from how difficult it is. So, Jimmy, if you're hearing me, brother, keep the board clean and use your <laughs> airmail when Tony Smith sets the block, I think that's what's going to get him uh, uh, to ultimately to the, the other side of that bracket. So third quadrant down, I think, is up for grabs. You got uh, Clemmer, Guffsiston, and uh, a sneaky Nate Stevens who could – he's sneaky. This guy throws really good bags. He's going to battle out for that third quadrant. And then after Richard's performance in the past weekend, I like him coming out of the, bod- of the bottom of that bracket. Ultimately, again, the winner coming out of the right side of bracket C. I think I found the death bracket, Trey. No, you did. <laughs> is it bottom death. bottom left quadrant? Oh yeah, it's death down there. <laughs> oh yeah, go for it, Anthony. Take it. Tell yeah, the bottom left. Bracket. Bottom left is dumb. So round one, <laughs> round one. All right, it's the Nationals just started. It's your first match as a pro. Rawls versus Renner, and then you got Legends and Guy versus Reynolds, and then ultimately they're going to play each other. So in the second round. You essentially could have a Renner versus Guy, which is a rematch of one of the finals in the Open. So that's absolutely ridiculous. Um, I, I actually see Derek King uh, playing the winner of those matches out of the left side. Um, right side, uh, a little bit less death, but still stacked. Um, you've got Fuentes and Spees up in the top. I think that would be a good match right out of the gate. That's a round one. You've got a Henderson versus Birchfield in round one. Jimmy McGuff, or excuse me, Jimmy Humans is stuck into that quadrant as well. I like Holland emerging out of the third quadrant on the right side. And Samantha Finley, I like her coming out of the bottom right quadrant of that bracket. Ultimately, I see a bracket D finals guy versus Birchfield, which is what we all want, which is what I want. I'm hoping to see that happen. Yeah. Yeah. Hall, I'm going to just, this is, I'm going to read everybody in this bracket that I think is just absolutely. Stupid. Let's go through this. You ready? 
Uh, you got Derek King, James Baldwin, Alex Rawls, Cheyenne Renner, Matt Guy, Jeff Reynolds, Cameron Belvin, Nate Voyer, just yep. to, uh, Sam Finley, uh, Josh Holland, Taco Ochoa, Justin Stranger, Joe Neistat, Trey Birchfield, Cody Henderson, Jimmy Humans, Jordan Langworthy, Leston Allen, John Fuentes, and Ashton Spees. Death. <laughs> death. <laughs> oh, Absolute man. death. Good luck, Bracket B. Good luck, Bracket B. Awesome. <laughs> hey, but for everyone else, they're like, I'm not so shabby over here in Bracket A, B, C. Yeah. I, I think bracket B and C are your more wide open than anything else. I think bracket A has got some, got some really tough, tough talent in there. Um, if I had to rank them real quick, I'd probably say D is the hardest. Then maybe A, then B, then, then C is probably your most winnable. That's just quick hit thoughts from me. Cool. All right. Let's move into Holy Hot Takes. Trey, you got your hot take ready? I do. I'm going to do it in a two-parter. So my okay. two-parter means that I'm going to do this week. I am doing um, my singles final four. And then tomorrow I will do, or, no, or next week, I will do my uh, my doubles final four. So oh, okay. in, right. in, in for, the, for the kickoff battle, okay? So my final four in singles, I have Matt Guy. I have Devin Harbaugh. I have Matt Guy, Devin Harbaugh, Jay Rubin, and I had my last one written down here. It is Tony Smith. So those are my f- top four, and I have wow. uh, I have Devin Harbaugh winning the entire tournament. Woo! Wow, love it! All right, that's Anthony, my hot what take. You got? All right, if the seating works out where these guys don't go head to head in a third place match. The singles final at national number one is going to be my MVP, Ryan Windsor, against Trey and Mish, your MVP, Matt Guy. <laughs> and the curse is going to hold true. Guy is going to take second. Windsor's oh, going no. to emerge as the first champion. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And I have Guy is- finishing third. I have Guy finishing third. What? Oh, man. Okay. Mine is I think that Trey Birchfield has to have, a, you know, a, a youth player to win an open doubles. I think he's got – for some reason that works for him. Yeah, got to be under 18. Got to be under 18. You got it, Trey. All right. That's all we have for you this week. Uh, we look forward to seeing you next week, and thanks for tuning in.